Allie Browning, and I am on staff here at Wellspring. I lead the um, hospitality team, and today I am here to talk to you about the organization I work for. It's called Humanity and Hope United, and we serve two villages in Honduras. We provide opportunities um, that allow people to grow into the fullest versions of themselves. So, before I start, I'm going to ask everyone to close your eyes. I'm going to imagine um, what life would be like in the dark. More than likely, you would feel discomfort. You would feel disoriented. You would be unsure of your surroundings and difficult to see what is ahead. It would take someone to help you in order for you to do anything. I'm going to have you guys open your eyes. Church is going to be a little different today. I have asked for the lights to be turned out, and I've also asked for the AC to be off. So I'm really glad you guys can't see me because I am pitting out right now. Um, so it's going to be a little warm in here. Um, but the reason is I want to connect you guys to the reality um, of life in Honduras. So many people um, in Honduras live without physical and spiritual light. They experience light when the sun rises until the sun sets. This means there's no lights for cooking. There are no lights for students to study for school. There's no refrigeration to keep food fresh. And there's no air conditioning to survive the heat. I actually experienced what it was like to live one night in Honduras in a village. This is my friend Emerita. We are the same age. She's teaching me how to cook or to make tortillas here. Again, obviously, I did not know what the heat was like because I am in a sweatshirt and she is in a tank top. Um, but let me tell you that that night changed my life because it was the first time that I had ever really experienced what, it, what their reality is. They brought a full-size mattress into their kitchen, which is also their living room, and four of us slept all night together with a mosquito net around us. It was hot. We didn't have any chargers to, to charge our phones. I didn't set an alarm to get up at 5 o'clock to go work with her in the chicken coop. Um, I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I needed to go to the bathroom. I walked outside, and I saw a cement stump in the middle of their backyard. And I could hear noises in it, and so I decided not to use it. But that was the first time <laughs> that I had really understood that this is what their reality is like. Many people in Honduras also experience darkness um, by not being able to provide for their families. So without having a job opportunity, they can't provide food, water, and they're feeling without a purpose. They have no hope. So today, I want to talk to you a little about, about their reality and our reality. Um, we all experience darkness in different ways. And not too long ago, I experienced a season of darkness. In 2015, I turned 30 years old. I was working a corporate job. I had financial security. I had a very comfortable lifestyle, and I was single. To many people, that would look like a pretty awesome life. But to me, I felt empty, and I felt alone, and I felt like I didn't have a purpose. I had dedicated my life to working long hours, and I would come home to an empty house. I didn't want to talk to anyone because I talked all day, so I, I lived a life in isolation. I was constantly asked by my managers, what do you want to do next? Where do you want to go? How far do you want to grow from here? But those feelings left me feeling suffocated because I knew that, my, that money was not the answer to my happiness. 
I was extremely confused because society says, serve yourself and you'll be happy. But Jesus says, give your life away and you'll be fulfilled. I knew that he was asking me to make some really difficult decisions. So I began thinking, when was the happiest that I was in my life? When was I the most joyful? When was I the most at peace? And it wasn't a person, it wasn't a purchase, but it was serving others. And so I decided I need to get back on a mission trip. I hadn't gone on a mission trip in three years because I had gone through some personal things and I didn't feel like I had love to give to people. And so I decided to look for a mission trip. I came across Humanity and Hope United and saw that they had a um, trip at the end of 2015 that went into 2016. So I thought that would be a really good idea to end a year and start a new year doing something that I love. And so I decided that I was going to go alone. I didn't want to go with anyone I knew, and I'd never been to Honduras, so this was a little bit out of my comfort zone. And so um, I go on this trip, and it completely changed my life. I didn't know that it was going to be opening doors to the next chapter in my life. Um, I knew that I wanted to somehow get involved with the organization, but I didn't know if I could go back financially. And so I started doing social media um, for the organization. I posted five times a week, and then I challenged the team that I went to Honduras with to give up lunch for an entire week. And what we saved by not eating, um, donated to H&H, and we ended up creating 200 days of work, which is about $2,000. And so shortly after, um, the founder and president contacted me and said, hey, I just got approved for a job, and I want you to look at it. And so I was really excited about it. Um, It was half of what I was making, and it didn't offer any benefits. And so a lot of people thought I was crazy for even considering it, but I just knew that this was where I needed to go. And so after praying and meeting with several people, I accepted the job. Um, I am now their director of engagement. My job is to connect donors and volunteers um, by using their resources to serve the people that we serve in Honduras. And actually, I'm going to show you guys a video. It's about three minutes. And this was created by one of our volunteers. She found us on social media, and she is a videographer. And what this would have cost us to to have her make would have probably been about $3,000. I think that we just want to be part of something that's very... A lot of light in that video. A lot of joy and a lot of happiness. But there was darkness when we entered into that village in 2010. None of the adults had had a high school education. There was no clean water. There was limited access to food. And there were no jobs and electricity as well. So, this is the reality in Honduras. 66%... I think there's a slide that's going to come up. 66% of Hondurans live in poverty, earning less than $1,200 a year. One in five Hondurans who live in um, rural settings live in extreme poverty, earning less than $1.90 a day. So this is one of the villages that they learned they earned less than $1.90 a day. If they work every single day, if they had the opportunity to work every single day, they would only make $700 for the entire year. So we started off by um, meeting these people, listening to them, and we just learned that they wanted to have a purpose in life. So we created jobs. We start with jobs to help them become better parents. 
Not only are they able to provide for their families, but they are able to show and teach their kids that you can work for what you want in life and you don't have to have someone do it for you. We know that opportunity creates more opportunity, which is why we start with creating jobs so that then there's better health and better education. We learned that education ends at sixth grade in Honduras. And one teacher teaches all six grades. So I want to tell you about my friend Denise. She is the little girl. Um, she is 13 years old. I met her on my first trip, and we do these home visits where we go into the homes and we ask the people, just tell us about your life. Um, tell us your dreams and your hopes. And, and she said, I would love to go to school past sixth grade someday. And a group of us, we were just like, I cannot believe they don't have the opportunity to go to school. And so we came together and we said, I bet if there are students that want to go to school that we could find child sponsorships. And so we asked how many students wanted to go, and there was 11. So we came up with this program, and before I was working for H&H, I went to Riley, the president, and I said, hey, we have 11 people that want to sponsor those 11 children. And he said, that is great. You're just missing one thing. And I said, what's that? He said, they're parents. How are they going to be able to help them as well? We don't want to just come in and do it for them. And so I said, well, that's a good question. So we um, came up with enough funds to start a sheep business. So you'll see her mom, Wendy. Um, she works in our chicken coop in the village of Remolino and in our sheep business. And so once we had that set up, Wendy was able to deliver the news to Denise that she was going to go to school. So I saw, that was last year, so I went um, back last November for our board meeting, and I saw Denise, and I asked her, you know, how was, she had just finished seventh grade, and she was crying. She said, I, my mom told me that I was going to be able to go to school. I cried myself to sleep because I thought I was going to be making tortillas for the rest of my life, and now I have a dream to be a lawyer. And so this is just the, what I love about H&H um, is that we empower people to lead their own change. So I'm reading this book called Possible, and it's, change, it's about changing the way we change the world. And this is a quote that reminds me of the model in which H&H operates. It says, imagine a village or a community that invites everyone, especially the most vulnerable, into the problem, that calls upon their diverse, resilient, and profound strengths that co-create solutions with those closest to the problem. We have learned that listening, building deep relationships, and loving others are the key ingredients to creating change. I have one more video to show you guys, and this is, um, this is our second village called La Carosa. And two leaders from this village are going to share with you how they discovered their purpose, how they've experienced change, and how they now have a vision for themselves and others. Jose Luis, um, his wife is Merita. Those are the couple that I stayed with in January. The last thing that he said was, we would like to help others because we have been helped. We would like to help others because we have been helped. Here's a man who makes $7.50 a day, which is well over the fair wage in Honduras, by the way, um, who desires to help others because he has benefited from being helped. He understands what it's like to be led from the darkness and into the light. We are no different than Jose Luis. We have all been helped by someone, and we all need community. 
We can't change our circumstances, but we can change how those circumstances bring others from the darkness and into the light. God invites us to change the world. He gives us our talents, times, and resources, not for us, but for him. How we allow him to use those matters. It matters to you, it matters to others, and most of all, it matters to God. No one is excluded from the quest to make a difference in this world. We need you now. So, what's next for H&H? I have a slide up here. Our vision is for Hondurans to, to lead Hondurans. We want Hondurans to eventually help each other. And so we have asked, we have four village leaders. We have two village leaders in Remolino and two village leaders in La Carosa. Those are both of our villages. And we've asked them to go out and find villages that were similar to the ones that they lived in. They have found two villages, San Fernando and La Cuchilla. And um, these places, they don't have clean water. You can see right there, that's uh, Alexi. He's our men's leader for Remolino, standing over the water in San Fernando. They don't have proper housing. Their housing is made of sticks. They don't have proper education. They have no job opportunities. There's no electricity there. And they have no hope. So we want to eventually move into new villages, and we want to empower our leaders to lead those. We also want to be able to create more job opportunities in the villages that we're currently serving in. So La Carosa, um, currently they don't have electricity. We have raised enough funds for electricity, and we're hoping by the fall um, that we can get that implemented. We're having some trouble with... Um, just the government there and able to get the, the right supplies for us. Um, but not everyone in Remolino and La Carosa have jobs. So we want to continue to, um, to create job opportunities. A lot of people come to me and they say, I want to sponsor a child. How can I sponsor a child? And I always feel like, dang it, we're already sponsoring children. We've already, we already have those for the year but you can still sponsor a child by sponsoring a business or sponsoring a parent to have a job. I'm going to end today doing something that is completely uncomfortable for me, but it's part of my job, and God has given me an opportunity to share with you the work that we're doing in Honduras. Back in April, my manager came, so I work from home. My manager works in Austin, Texas. He came here to give me my performance review and my goals for the first two quarters. My goal for July 1st is to have 30 monthly donors and to help close our monthly gap. So currently, I have 12 monthly donors that have been committed um, to helping us that are from the St. Joe area, but I'm shy of my goal. If you're interested in making a personal investment in the lives of these people, not only in the businesses or the jobs, but for the parents to be parents and the kids to have, be kids and to, to be able to dream, I'm going to be here after church for a while, and I'd love to talk with you. If you can't make a com uh, monthly commitment, I ask that you come with me. Come with me to Honduras. On the back table, I have um, some little sheets of paper that my friend Sarah DeGarma made for me. It's a shout-out by Rise by Design. If anyone needs anyone uh, to do some graphic design, she's the girl. But she created those, and they're at the back of the church, and they have our trip dates on the back. 
Um, and if you're unable to go, then I ask that you pray for us. We need prayers more than anything. The enemy attacks anything that's of significance, and there's a lot of good things going on in Honduras. I also am selling hope bands today. So you may see some people wearing these hope bands. Um, These are $15, and they create one day of work and then also one week of clean water um, through another nonprofit called um, Water for Good. So I just want to thank you guys, first of all, for sitting in the heat and the dark with me today and just remembering our friends in Honduras. Um, I thank you for letting me share my passion and then also just what we're doing there. I'd like to close us in prayer so the band can go ahead and head on up. God, thank you so much for this day. 